Giselle of High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, live from Double Eagle tonight. Rex Burr along with Dane Filling, and tonight's uh, special guest is Hall of Famer Tim Klingensmith. So we run our show here with uh, four segments, the weigh-ins, first period, second period, third period, and overtime, and the weigh-ins have begun. And Dane, uh, this is our first week back at the Double Eagle in uh, two weeks. We were on the road last week, and uh, we'll be on the road next week, correct? Yes, at Carroll. So uh, what do you got in store for us tonight, Dane? You've uh, done your homework. We've got our sheets in front of us. What's in store for the fans tonight? Well, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we're going to have our next show at Carroll, like we said, before uh, Belmont's match. And uh, if Belmont can pull things off tomorrow against AC and Snyder on Thursday, we're looking at a chance for Belmont to have an undefeated dual-meet season as they face uh, the Carroll Chargers, and that would make for quite an atmosphere up uh, in Huntertown. We've, uh, we'll be back here at the Double Eagle on the 28th. And uh, here in the first period, we're going to talk about the week uh, that was. Lots of action, dual meets, the New Haven invite. The girls had some action at regional. And then we're going to talk with Tim Klingensmith about his Hall of Fame wrestling career and his Hall of Fame coaching career as he gets inducted this February to the IHSWCA Coaches Hall of Fame. And then in the third period, we're going to talk about what's uh, upcoming this week. And we're going to give you a little bit of a hint as to the changes that have come to the team state duels for next year, which is going to be the topic of our show next week. So make sure you tune into that. And then in overtime, as always, we'll go through WZBD's schedule for the rest of the week, and we'll put Rex on the spot for uh, his picks for our winners, and we will go over our trivia question. So with that, uh, we've been joined here in the interview loft with, by uh, A.J. Calvin. A.J., you have a live remote you want to read here for one of our sponsors? Well, thank you, Rex, and... Uh Dane, it's uh, always a pleasure. And first of all, I'd like to congratulate Tim Klingensmith for going into the Hall of Fame two times, a double Hall of Fame inductee, both as a coach and a wrestler. That's just terrific stuff. And we are at the Double Eagle, and uh, down below us is Cross Creek Golf Club. In two nights, two days, we're going to open up downstairs. Dennis Collins will be down there to take your phone calls and talk to you about golf. And if you're looking for your organization, whether it be a church or a club, and you want to make some money, uh, the best way to do it, I think, is a golf scramble. It's great fun, and the Cross Creek folks down there, including Dennis, will carry the load. They'll do all the heavy lifting, and give them a call, see if you can set up a date, and you can make some money for your organization. Cross Creek Golf Club, they're going to cater to everyone, women, children, uh, gentlemen that want to play in uh, competitive tournaments and leagues and uh, so give them a call downstairs um, if you're looking for a membership a family membership now's the time to get it cross creek golf club next year it's going to be a 27 hole this year actually a 27 hole facility at cross creek golf club great fun a nine hole executive course 18 hole championship course it's wonderful. Come out, enjoy great family fun here at Cross Creek. Thank you for that uh, advertisement there, AJ. And as we are into the weigh-in section of our show still, then, uh, let's see what we're up for next here. Well, we've got a trivia question for everybody. And, uh, Rex, while we always forget to write down the number for the station, I'll have you do that while I read the trivia question. Our trivia question tonight is Jay County has had two state champs in school history. Both of them came in the same year under Coach Klingensmith, and we want to know in which year did they win a state title. And the number to call in is uh, 260-589-9300. That's 260-589-9300. And uh, any of our Jay County fans might happen to be listening tonight. Uh, I knew the question right away. I I refereed matches with these two young men uh, the season that they pulled off this uh, wonderful event for the Jay County uh, Patriots, and uh, I remember it very well. Yes, so um, call in, and if you know the answer, we've got an Indiana Matt uh, shirt or some gear uh, with your name on it. So what else we got in for this section here, Dane? Uh, well, we want to talk a little bit about the uh, AC and Belmont match tomorrow. Um, Belmont, obviously, undefeated. The 2A state champs, uh, Adam Central, uh, placed fifth at Team State, and uh, not the lineup that they had last year with seven or eight seniors Rex, but uh, still some good matches. I know that... If you look at the two um, teams and their lineups, they don't quite mesh with strength to strength, but all of them are um, 
We we have the answer. We'll we'll, we'll send it to him. Okay. Um, but um, all of the um, the strengths for both teams don't really match up if you run head to head. But if you put uh, a couple guys up a weight or um, match up, we may have a lot of really good bouts tomorrow night at uh, at the hangar. There's a couple of key matches. Uh, I know that uh, Adam Central still has a couple of studs in there that are. Probably not the weights they want to be. They came off a big football season, probably a little bit heavier weight classes. I know that some of those guys are still on their way down a little bit. But uh, um, you always do the lineups, and I usually have a pretty good idea. But I know that uh, Coach Curry is going to bring his squad, and they're, they're always a tough team. Well, and it's also kind of a conundrum for Curry. You know, the, the Jets aren't going to be favored tomorrow, and he may have a choice as to, okay, do I want to make this team score as close as possible? if I don't think that I can get a win? Or do I want to get as much help in the sectional seeding meeting as possible? Do I want to go head-to-head and try to knock off some of those guys and get a better seed? Where am I trying to keep this close? And there's a lot of matches. Rex, I really want you to pay attention to two freshmen for Adam Central tomorrow, uh, Gavin Cook and Logan Allman at 20 and 26, both very, very strong, only have four or five losses. Um, you have a potential where Caden Schaefer could move up to wrestle Kyle Lawson. But Kyle Lawson could move up to wrestle Alex Curry. Yeah. What would that look like? You've got an opportunity to see Blake Hirely with one loss versus Caden Freet. Or maybe you have Paul Ferrote move up. Or maybe Caden Freet moves up to 195. The other thing that I think is really interesting um, from a, a perspective of, of a fan is you have four wrestlers at 220, 285 between the two teams. And between the four of them, they only have five wins against guys with a beating heart. <laughs> so somebody is going to walk out of that gym with some confidence uh, and a win under their belt. You know, Adam Central's heavyweight and Belmont's heavyweight don't have a single win. Homest- or, uh, AC's 220 only has one win on the whole year over Homestead, and Mason Murphy has four wins. And I think while that might not be the best wrestling, I know that all four of those boys have put in a lot of time to learn the trade and to learn the sport. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing... Uh, who comes out on top in those weights. And those matches will be critical to points leading up towards both the uh, dual meet score as well as sectional draws. I mean, sectional draws are very important now that Belmont's added Bluffton to their lineup this year um, and their dual meet season. That makes That's a huge add that Bluffton had those dual matches against Bluffton, and now Belmont has those common matches as well. Yeah, and, it, you know, as much as we probably think that Belmont wins tomorrow, don't forget that Belmont won the duel last year and still lost at sectional. <laughs> yeah, they did. So some of that, you know, will come down to uh, a sectional is a different type of scoring from a duel meet, and there's no guarantee that Belmont can win both of them, and they're going to need every every opportunity that they that they have. So, Dane, the buzzer has went off. The uh Weigh-ins are over now. We're getting ready for the first period with that. I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse running aboard for us, as always, and we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. You'll find a full range of orthopedic care close to home at Adams Memorial Hospital with Dr. David Coates and PA Aaron Whitman demonstrating superior results relative to patient safety and experience. Dr. Coates and his team offer a full range of orthopedic procedures and treatment options for adults and pediatric patients with outstanding outcomes and low complication and infection rates. And individualized patient-centered care results in high patient satisfaction. Call 728-3900 to schedule. Adams Memorial. Experience ortho excellence. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. 
Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elk High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. This week we are live at the Double Eagle, back in the in the hometown. We're uh, not on the road at a wrestle match. Rex Burlong Dane filling, and uh, Dane, the first period has ended, and we do. You want to give the end? You want to give the winner? We do have our winner here for our trivia question. Somebody dialed oh, we, in quick. We do. We have a winner, Eric Hershey. The question was: Jay County has had two state champs in school history both coming in the same year under Coach Klingen Smith, who joins us today. And in which year did they win a state title? And that was a special year for all area wrestling fans as Belmont won the state title as a team in 1987. And Coach Klingen Smith had two state champs back-to-back to start the finals in 1987. So congratulations to our winner. And, and uh, we'll get some contact information from him, or we'll track him down and get him some Indiana Mat gear. And the answer is... Tim, or the answer? The winner, two winners at 98 was? Uh, Jeff Glogus. <laughs> and at 105 was? David Ferguson. Yeah, a uh, couple of solid wrestlers. And i tell you what, you, a lot of times you'll see that you'll get a cluster of guys, and those two workout partners, I know that they had to battle in a room every day because Glogus was a very powerful wrestler. Ferguson was a weight class higher. It was a little bit thinner and leaner, but I bet those two guys went at like dogs in a wrestling room. That very last week, they almost killed themselves. I mean, that was a really tough week of practice for other reasons than that just it was the state finals. They had, we had some issues that week that they weren't very happy with me about. So we welcome our, our special guest, uh, Tim Klingensmith, to the uh, air. And uh, he'll come up in the second period. Maybe we'll have him weigh in on a couple of these things. We were in the first period. And, uh, Dane, go ahead and take over. Yeah, well, before we review uh, the last week, I have an update from two weeks ago, Rex. It's kind of interesting. So Adam Central and Cherubusco wrestled at Team State to a 42-42 to score. They consulted the rule book, and they declared Cherubusco the winner, but they consulted last year's rule book. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And the rules have since changed. So if you think about a 42-42 to match, that's seven pins on one side and seven pins on the other, and, you know, you go through all the regular uh, tiebreakers, and obviously it's seven and seven. So then you go to first points scored, okay? And in most matches, we know that the first point scored is a takedown. So you got seven guys with takedowns on one team, seven guys with takedowns on the other team, except Cherubusco had two forfeits. So Adam Central only had ten first points scored because they had only wrestled actually five matches, and they thought that they'd lost the duel. Well, it turns out they changed that rule for that very reason, and actually, the tiebreaker is the team with the most forfeits is the loser when you reach that point because <laughs> how could you score points in a match that's a forfeit? So actually, Adam Central did win the match and actually finished in fifth place, Rex. Okay. Well, that's uh, good. So another win for Coach Curry. So last week, we had uh, Belmont and Bluffton on the air, and we did our show live, and uh, Belmont looked awfully good, Rex, 53-18. to 18. They only won, uh, I think Bluffton won four matches overall in the night. Uh, one of them at 220, Mason Murphy had a 10-2 to lead yeah. and got stuck. Yeah, and we, we, had, we had figured that uh, Bluffton won five matches, and then to offset that, um, uh, Carson Everett had two huge wins last week, and he pulls his foot away with about two seconds left on the clock and, and beats Corkwell in a match that we didn't think Everett had a chance in. You know, and I talked to Carson later in the week, and I said, do you think anybody can stop that Peterson roll of yours if they know it's coming? He said, no. If no. I'm on the move and I hit my Granby right and I roll into it, he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it. You and know, he, I, he's scored how many times has he scored five points? And I think he's gotten three pins from that Peterson roll. I spent a week in Christchurch, Christ Virginia myself, and come back, and when I came back, my junior year, I mean, I went down there as a 10th grader, come back my junior year. The year I went to state, I grabbed everybody. Nobody could stop it. If you, go, if you do it properly, and, and Billy Martin taught it in five steps, and there was five different Grambys you could hit, and you could hit them from different angles and different positions, and um, they cannot, you cannot stop it if it's done correctly, and Billy Martin taught it correctly. Yeah, and you don't really see it all that often anymore, which is why it's so surprising that Everett keeps hitting it and hitting it and hitting it, but it's his move. So, uh, like we said, Belmont just only lost four matches. Calvin Ferret loses a 1-0 match to Dylan Hernandez at 132. Dalton Robinson only loses 4-1. Uh, Belmont, we kind of th- 
expected a little bit of a letdown coming back just two days off before um, wrestling again and weighing in again, but they definitely didn't let up. Yeah, Isaac Freak gets a gets a huge win at uh, at sixty. Yeah, that Kari Coleman, he kind of walks out on the mat. He's a short, stocky guy, real muscular, and you thought, oh, this could be a match. And uh, Freak pins him in a minute 24. They were in a scramble, and he caught him. On that same day, then, uh, Adam Central was victorious over Homestead, and we mentioned earlier that uh, the heavyweights for Belmont and Adam Central have not had much luck this year, but a big match for Adam Central that night was Brody Anderson had a minute and 26 fall over Carter Hall that kind of was the difference in that match. And I know that Coach Curry was very happy for uh, Anderson to get his first win of the year. Also on that night, Southern Wells beat Monroe Central 45-24. to And then on Thursday night, Belmont wrestled Huntington North, and that match was uh, on WZBD. And it was about the same for the Braves. They wrapped up a 7-0 NE8 uh, season as they head to the conference tournament next week. Uh, and, and Rex, it was about the same. I think Huntington North won four matches in that one also, and uh, Belmont looked pretty good. And Huntington North has four quality kids. They have, they have some kids in there that, that are studs. I mean, the four that they have, they come to, they come to battle, and uh, their team is not as strong, but they've got some studs on that, on that lineup. Yeah, we saw that in Cody McCune. You know, I kind of expected Isaac Freet and Cody McCune to be a pretty good match, but McCune gets a fall in 34 seconds. And then, obviously, the big match for me was Carson Everett comes out against Brady Lewis. Lewis is 36-5 and five last year in a ticket rounder. And Everett's coming off his big win on Tuesday, and nothing changes. He, he, he gets taken down once, he gets his own takedown, and then he hits that Peterson roll again in the third period uh, to get the win. But the key is it was Lewis's first match of the season. In the third period, Gunsett makes the call of the night and says, go on your feet and push him because they could see he was starting to wear down. He, he got sick to his stomach. He wasn't like, and then when he, he gets a takedown on, on Everett and – Powers in a big tight half, boom, hits the Grammy, takes him his back, and it's over. Yeah, quite, quite a win. Uh, those two wins, I, I talked to a couple people around the area, and both said, what, Everett beat both of those guys? So um, so great win. Also on that night, South Adams uh, wrestled Concordia and won 57-24. And then on Friday night, Rex, I was uh, with my wife at McConaughey High School, and we saw Andrea Hernandez have four first-period pins for the Braves. And um, we kind of talk about this on the way up there. I don't know if I call her a brave or a squaw. I don't I know. Keep, she, I wrestles, wonder- she wrestles like a brave. I, I mean. keep wondering in the paper. I just keep calling her a Belmont wrestler. We'll have to get a definition from that from Dale Manis. I'll tell you what. You ask her what she wants to be called because that's what it should be. Because I tell you what, she's I've tough ne- enough. I've never seen anybody who can be so mean on the mat and so ruthless and then get off, get off the mat and then comment on somebody's hair or on somebody's outfit that they're wearing. But uh, she's a great kid. And I'll tell you what, Rex, there were two girls there from Belmont. They wrestled, they wrestled eight matches. They won seven of them by pin. And there were 21 people there supporting them from Belmont Wrestling. Fantastic. And, I, I, and it, was, it was an awesome thing to see, and I know that the girls appreciated it. And uh, I'm really excited about the chances that both of them have coming up uh, on uh, Friday at Kokomo. And I, I know I was at home. I was tied up with some stuff, but I kept texting you off and on. I was following uh, Brandon Razzo was tweeting, and I uh, really in, interested in a match. And, uh, you know, you talk about Trinity, uh, Trinity Coin as well. Um, she was ranked number three in the state. Razzo had a ranked third in the state. She gets beat by number two in a 6-4 match in the yeah, finals. Yeah, and it, that match was 4-4. She had gotten taken down. Um, and then she... Uh, no, actually, it was 4-2, and she got a takedown. She's riding on top in the third period, and she locks hands. And I don't think she realized that she did it, and the official did a poor job of saying that there was a locked hands penalty. And five seconds later, she flips the girl, puts her on her back, probably would have stuck her, but they negate the call. Because it's a delayed locked hands. And if you know Trinity at all... She kind of lost her cool. She was angry. She did not <laughs> think that she lost hands. And after that, she, she, she had a hard time refocusing because she felt like she you know, had kind of been gypped on the call. But um, I, I really think that when, when they come back on Friday, if uh, the girl that beat her, two ankle picks for her, two um, takedowns, if Coin can keep her feet away from her, I think there's a very good chance that Trinity comes out on top if they wrestle again. And I, I, I hope that they have the support at the state finals uh, this coming week as they had at the regional. I think they will. I think there will be a lot of people. So at that north regional, which is at McConaughey Rex, it started at 5, and I think it ended at 11.30. It was a long night. But uh, Jay County had a champ with Lizzie Dollar at uh, 98 pounds. She got a pin in the third period against a girl from Homestead. 
Andrea Hernandez was your winner with, like I said, her fourth pin. Leah Bishop of Highland was the girl who beat Trinity Coyne. That was 6-4. New Haven had a champ, two champs actually. Alex Martz won at 170, and Larisha Bryant-Coleman won at 220. Her sister finished um, either second or third, but uh, New Haven has a good group. Team scores, Rex, kind of hard to compare. Penn had 220 points, but they had 25 girls there. <laughs> so it's a little bit off. Lafayette, Jeff had 92, New Haven 91. Kokomo and Jimtown 54. And Belmont finished in sixth place with 50 points for now, them. Now, touch on, again, the scoring. Only the top four wrestlers score points? Is that Well, fair? I'm not sure how they did the scoring. Only the top four advanced. <laughs> but uh, you could enter more than one girl per weight class. But you had to choose who was going to score yeah. before. You couldn't say, well, this girl finished higher, so we're going to score her instead of her. It had, to be, it had to be chosen. You had to say, this is our varsity girl. This is our JV. And I did see something on NMAT.com that they said that the scoring was done different at the in two the regionals. South. Yeah, the so South they might and have the North to, Regional, they, they might they have to differently. change that. So they came out, Brandon's uh, uh, state rankings on Indiana Matt came out uh, today. They did a power poll. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot of teams that have more than two or three girls. But uh, Trinity, Andrea, if they are up to snuff, Belmont could finish in the top four team point-wise. I think Penn will win it, but uh, Lebanon has a, has a large team also. So, Rex, before we go to our break, we want to touch real quickly on uh, a pretty big tournament at New Haven, the Bill Kerbel uh, <coughs> Invitational. Bill Kerbel, a great coach and uh, administrator at New Haven for many, many years. Bluffton ends up winning that tournament, uh, tying Fort Wayne Bishop Dwenger. They had three champs. Dwenger only had two. Uh, Bluffton went back-to-back-to-back to back to back with winners uh, with... Um, Lewis, Austin Lewis of Bluffton at 120, Landon Birch at 126, who stays undefeated, beating Michael Rupp. And then Dylan Hernandez was your winner at 132 pounds. Um, a very good day. The only champ that South Adams had was Christian Somerset. He wins 195. Uh, overall, it was a pretty good tournament. Carroll sent their JV. I know you picked them, but you didn't know no, that they... AJ. AJ picked them, that's right. <laughs> uh, Homestead was third at 182 pounds and East Side fourth. At 154. South Adams had four in the final. Silas Loshi came up against a Dwanger wrestler that uh, was just a little bit better than him on that day. Wins 10-0. Like I said, Michael Rupp got beat by Landon Birch. And um, A.J. Dahl loses to a wrestler from Van Wert High School from Ohio who had won the tournament last year also. With that, the buzzer has went off and period number one is over. And we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running board for us for commercials played by more of our sponsors. We'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, 9 to 4.30, Monday through Saturday, and 1 to 4.30 on Sundays. Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce that the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. 
Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek, live from the Double Eagle tonight. Rex Burlorn and Dane filling in. Dane, now we've entered this second period, it's time for our special guest, and it's a two-time Hall of Famer, Tim Klingensmith. Yeah, what an honor. Tim goes into the Hall of Fame uh, the day after the state finals at uh, Carmel, and uh, I know I've already put in our reservation for the tickets and uh, looking forward to covering it for the Democrat. So welcome, Tim. Thank you. Uh, really nice to have you. Um, I know that you have some experience with uh, Mr. Brewer on the radio, so this is not something new for you. I have always enjoyed my time with Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, uh, Tim, uh, as we uh, our trivia question, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, those two guys. Uh, I, I run into Dave Ferguson once in a while, and uh, I really enjoy talking to David Ferguson. That, that whole group of guys was there to uh, salute you last year at the sectional, and uh, I ran into some of those guys, and I refereed. I was kind of like a pocket referee for you guys. Almost every other week I was someplace where you guys were at. I did a lot of tournaments for you down there, and I really got to know those guys, and that was a great group of guys you had with Jax. And, and uh, th- who are some of the guys were on that, that team? Oh, Eric Leemaster, uh, Larry Brown. I mean, there was, that, that was absolutely a great group of kids, and there's no doubt about it. I mean, that that – that year and the year before, we were a pretty strong team. I mean, uh, we had to fight through the Indianapolis semi-state where uh, we'd take eight or nine kids to the semi-state and come out of there with only two or three to state. Yeah, come out of the Newcastle semi-state back then. Yeah, and uh, it, it was, man, it was just brutal. And we left kids behind. I, that, that's the tough part of coaching. You know, you, you work and work and work on building kids up, telling them that they can do it. You have confidence in them. You try to instill confidence in them. And then things just don't work well in the semi-state. <laughs> that, Troy Jacks is a name in yep. that group. Uh, I think he was uh, his sophomore, junior, and senior year, he got beat in go-to-state round by kids that were either a state champion, state runner-up, or third in the state, and he lost to them by one point Yeah, because in overtime. <laughs> Cathedral, Lawrence North, Lawrence, Lawrence North. Central, yeah. I mean, those guys all came through there. Newcastle, Crown uh, Newcastle was was through there. Yorktown came through there. They used to come through that southern yeah. loop. Uh, probably the only good thing that ever came from it was that it was so competitive down there that we ended up winning a team semi-state title one year <laughs> with uh, with not very many kids scoring. You know, that was uh, I think that was '82. We had three kids score and ended up with enough points to win the whole team title. So enough uh, about you, those kids at wrestle for you. Let's talk about you a little bit. Well, I tell you that the interesting thing about my wrestling career was that um, I started out as a basketball player, <laughs> like everyone else in Indiana, and got cut from the seventh grade basketball team. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know what to do because I loved athletics. So one said, we had never had wrestling back in Royerton then. Uh, that was going to be their first year to start up. I said, well, I'll go give it a shot. And it just turned out to be something that I really, really enjoyed. And had a, a knack for right off the bat. Um, I don't think I lost any matches in junior high. And then my freshman year, and I, I like to tell this so kids don't always beat up on themselves. I had a goal to make the varsity. I weighed around 120 pounds, and we had a 119-pound senior, so I couldn't beat him. So I moved up to 126, and I wrestled a kid uh, who stalled. He just would never wrestle. Uh, and he was limber, so I couldn't ever turn him. And all the challenge matches, uh, he won the very first one. And then after that, all the challenge matches, if you're going to get a guy's spot, you had to beat him. If it was a tie match, you, the, you didn't win the spot. And uh, I remember the match we had right before Christmas break, the challenge I had. I got so mad at our coach. He was a referee in the challenge match, and I – told him to call stalling on him, make him wrestle, and, and he wouldn't do it. And when I got up off the mat with another tied match and a loss, I yelled at the coach, and he got mad at me, and he said, if you don't like it, quit. And I said, okay, I do. And uh, I quit the wrestling team. Was that Jimmy Parsons? Was Jimmy? No, no, it wasn't Parsons. It was Steve Lookable at the time. Mm-hmm. but um, And he was a textbook wrestling coach. He never wrestled himself. And he was a good coach, don't get me wrong, but. I went home and told my dad, he said, well, whatever you want. Well, a couple of days into Christmas break, I was just burning for it. And I said, Dad, I, I wish I hadn't quit. And uh, he says, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't, I don't know. I already told him I quit. And he said, well, call your coach. You're a freshman. He might let you back out. 
So uh, I called him up, and he said, yeah, if I, if I do this, this, and this, I can come back out for the team. And so I did, and I finally won that spot and um, ended up wrestling the six or seven varsity matches. Didn't get beat till sectional, where I got beat by Robert Hughes from Muncie Southside in the sectional, who was a fourth, fourth in the state that year. Uh, came back as a sophomore. Never lost a match till I... We always wrestled Muncie Southside um, Monday and, oh no, Tuesday of the sectional week. And we have seating on Monday for the sectional. We wrestled Southside Tuesday and then the sectional started Thursday. That's when you had like 32 teams in the sectional. And um, I was seated second to Dwight Robinson from Muncie Southside and I wrestled him Tuesday night then after the seating meeting and took him down the first period, rode him out in the second. I'm thinking, hey, this is, no one's ever held me down. I wasn't going to be held down. Two seconds into the third period, he put the legs in on me and put me on my back. <laughs> Got legged. And I laid there for a minute and 58 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he beat me three to two, and I'd never had anyone put legs on before. I had no, I had no idea what to do. So real quickly, the coach got me a, a college kid from Ball State that had some leg experience for Friday night's practice, and I practiced a couple things that I could use against him. So Saturday in the sectional finals, I was ready for him, put the legs in. He beat me 6-5 to five without ever putting the legs in. <laughs> so you can never plan. I mean, wrestling is one of those things you just can't plan for. But then um, after that, I really, we, you know, we weren't wrestling 50 times a year. We were, I, think, I think it was 23 or 24 matches. I didn't lose again till my junior year in a state championship match, and I should have won that match. To this day, I still don't, I wish I could have watched the video of that. Uh, that was before they had film. Yeah. Film was not around <laughs> back then. Where were the state finals that year, Tim? They were, oh, Southport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, the interesting thing about my relationship with Belmont is uh, even back then, that year I wrestled uh, a Belmont uh, wrestler in the regional Um uh, both years as I was in the regional, I went crazy in the regional. I don't know why. I mean, I was just kind of let it go, you know, do whatever you can. And I, I was winning matches 13 to 2 and 11 to nothing and stuff like that. And then when you get to the state, you just freeze up. You know, then it's 2 to 1 and, and that other stuff. And I had this Bill Johnson from, gosh, I can't remember where he was from. But I do remember his name. Tall, three inches taller than me or maybe five inches taller than me. I'd have been a double chicken wing. And I, I mean, this is pin time, you know, just take him over and pin him. And somehow he got out of that. And I ended up on my back. And he ended up winning, I think, eight to six. Uh, my senior year, I got really frustrated. And uh, I got lucky, too, really. Um, at weigh-ins, there was a guy that uh, came up to me. I was wrestling in the morning round, a kid from Munster who was built like Pete Boilermaker, you know, a real strong-looking kid. And a kid comes up and bumps to me, and I have no idea who he is. He says, watch out for the reverse cradle. It's the only thing he's got. <laughs> and I thought, huh, how about that? Well, you know, I'm a cradle guy, so when I'm on top, my head's over all the time. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm just absolutely certain with that one little bit of extra notice that I had from this guy, I mean, sure enough, he, he pulled that arm back over and grabbed my head. I think if I'd have hesitated at all, I'd end up getting pinned. But as soon as that head came back, I hopped over to his side and put the power half in and put him over. Uh, that might have saved me because I could have got beaten that round. It's that insider information that uh, comes in handy, doesn't it? Oh, man, I have no idea who that kid was that bumped me, but he must not have liked that monster boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, I was, uh, as we prepared for today's show and we're looking at uh, our on-this-date section, which comes up in the third period, I pulled up the Democrat from... Uh, yeah, I don't appreciate 1970. you <laughs> And uh, just looking at the uh, the results there at uh, 1970, it was Bloomington, of course, who won state as a team that year, Rex, and I feel like it was just about every year that Bloomington won there in the 50s and 60s and into the 70s. But uh, it says North Central was second with 34 points, and then it's a lot of Marion County schools and then some South Bend, and uh, Kokomo had 13 points. But uh, you've got the... Uh, Results in front of you there, Tim. Any other uh, those names that uh, jump out to you as guys that you remember? Rex Marshall from Indianapolis Arsenal Tech 
was a champion at 145 pounds, and Shortridge had a champion at 165 pounds, Desmond Smith. No, I don't actually remember very much of that except for my match because I, I just, you know, I don't know that I even watched any. Of course, I knew the Cornwell, the Bloomington kids. They were, they were famous at that time. Now, in that 1974 mat, was it just one uh, wrestler advancing in sectional? Yeah. And then one wrestler advancing from regional? Right. Okay. Yeah, you, so then how many guys were at state per weight? Four. Just, just yeah, four? Yeah. You and just, then they placed them one through four? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, the, the change in format came somewhere in the mid-'70s, Rex. So, Tim, I know that uh, one of the members of your, of your high school wrestling team uh, from Roarton uh, is an Eaton boy, also a Hall of Famer here from Decatur uh, in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting. But Mr. Bob Adams was a wrestler oh, yeah. back there. Bob was on your yeah. team, uh, one of those Delta guys. Uh, um, actually, it, Delta was, wasn't Delta formed about midway through you guys at school. Were you always Delta? I, no, no. I, my freshman year was Rorton, and Delta consolidated our sophomore year. Okay. Uh, my sophomore year. And it might have been Bob's junior year. Yeah. Um, but, no, it, it was a good thing. I mean, it was a combination of four schools down there in Delaware County. Uh, of course, they did it for basketball reasons. <laughs> <laughs> and wrestling just got sucked into the fray. But, uh, Tim, I did uh, enjoy the picture that uh, Dane had found of you, uh, your, your wrestling photo with your plaque on the wall, and you had your black corner rim glasses <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I'd... And the uniform I loved. And in one picture, I had uniform on. My freshman year, and I tweeted this out, I wore those. You, you had the tights on, mm-hmm. and then you wore the tank top that buttoned in the crotch, mm-hmm. and then you pulled the shorts up over the top of it. And that was uniform. And we had those my freshman year in 76. Uh, that was a freshman uniform. And then after that, we got new uniforms. But I hated those things. felt like we were wearing a diaper down there. <laughs> but uh, I can imagine wrestling in the state finals in that uniform. Well, Rex, I have the uh, nomination form for Tim's uh, induction into the Coaches Hall of Fame here. And uh, a lot of Jay County people... Um, making sure that uh, Tim's uh, career and legacy are uh, remembered this February. I have here accomplishments. One team semi-state championship, which he referred to, 1982. Just three placers, is that what you said? Yeah, that's right, three In kids. ultra-competitive semi-state, sometimes that's, that's all it takes. And uh, six regional championships, nine sectional championships, and I think she coached for 10 years? Yeah. yeah. For, for 10 years at Jay County, the entire decade of the 80s. And then uh, those two state champions, 1987, which to this day I believe are still the only two state champs in, in, in Jay County history. And the 80s was a tough time down that area because uh, Don Patton had a powerful team at Delta that uh, they, from 80 to 85, they were champions. Uh, they had multiple champions, and those guys are still around today. I run into them, and uh, some of those guys they had were studs. You know, they had uh, Ginther. Ginther was one of those guys. Uh, Trent McCormick was one of those guys. Davey Locke. Um, just other guys are just Campbells, the Campbell boys. So um, just a great wrestling down that area at that time. And uh, pretty cool that Tim was the, the first the first state champ in uh, Delta High School history. So, uh, Tim, we were talking off air uh, the year that uh, when we get back to the uh, um, trivia question, the year that David Ferguson won the state finals, he almost didn't make it to the state finals. I had his semi I had his go to state match at Newcastle that year, and he was wrestling against Brandon Ingalls from... Ron Colley? Yeah, and they were they were battling, and they came up in a scramble, and at the buzzer, Ferguson came up on top, and his arm went around him. I called the two as the buzzer went off, and that was his, good, that was his ticket round right there. Almost didn't make it to the state finals. Well, it's even worse than that, Rex. Uh, you probably don't remember. Uh, they were on their feet, um, and David did a touch-and-go on a double leg, and you gave, I think correctly, gave the two-point takedown when the other kids, both these hands hit the mat, you know, went behind him, and uh, that gave David control. The problem was when David did the touch and go, he grabbed the kid's headgear, and you didn't catch it. And um, the Ron Colley coach caught it. <laughs> so when the, you know, he, he ran up to the scores table and all that, and um, David came over to me and he said, what's the deal? And I said, David, you grabbed the kid's headgear. You know, and that's one of the reasons why he jerked back like he did. He gave him the double leg. And he says, well, what are you going to do? And I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, what if they come over and ask you? you know, I'm going to lie. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you head to the showers and we'll talk about this later. And I didn't know for a few minutes, Rex, whether or not it would come down to your walk, whether that coach would ask me, did I see it, or whether that could change it. 
There had been so many times when the call didn't go your way and you lost a kid. Boy, that was that was complicated for me for a minute, but it never came up again. But you're right. That's See, that was, and that's when it, that was back in the day that they had just went away from the uh, the uh, Matt judges when he right. had two Matt judges. Right. And if you're an, a Belmont guy or a Decatur guy refereeing down there, and it, the Indianapolis guys would gang up on you. Yeah. They'd two on they'd two on one you. You'd, they'd get you in a corner and, and they'd go two on one and say, "Well, we saw this, so we're going to override you." When they went to the assistant referee, it was the best thing that ever happened to referees in a, in a state because if I'm a referee and you make a call, I'm going to tell you what I think, and you can make that decision, and you can either use my judgment or you cannot use my judgment, and it's, but it's not going to make a difference. The old days, the assistant referees, the mat judges step in and say, this is what's going to happen. They'd override you, and you had no control over that match. Well, that same, interestingly, my fa- one of my favorite wrestling stories, I know I go, I talk too much, but... In that same day, David got beat in the finals against a kid, Wolf from Avon, who was a good wrestler. But, if you, you know, David was just a thrower. I mean, his matches were just absolutely a gas to, to watch. And he got beat 11-9, to 9, and he came off the mat really mad, cussing even. And I grabbed a hold of him and said, what is your problem? And he said, I got cheated. And he said, what do you mean? That referee missed several calls. You know, this I should have won this easy and all that. And I said, no, no. We had made a rule that referees don't make mistakes that we play by their rules no matter what they were. And that was what we were sticking with. And I went toe-to-toe with David. Uh, he finally said, fine, coach, you're right, I'm wrong, I'm a terrible wrestler. And I said, well, I didn't say that. But you didn't, you know, you, he didn't cost you that match, you did. Well, well the next day, or that, that weekend, we get the state draw. And uh, I noticed right off the bat, David draws into a three-time state champion Saturday morning. Now, most of the time, people think, well, that's a bad draw. For me, I'm thrilled because we've taken a lot of kids down there that win Friday night and lose Saturday morning. And back then, if you lost Saturday morning and the guy who beat you didn't advance to the final. Yes, follow your leader. You're done. You don't even get to wrestle for seventh or eighth. You leave there with nothing. So I'm thinking... David's going to get fifth. You know, <laughs> I'm thrilled to death, death that he's going to be able to uh, <coughs> make the make it into a, the placement round, assuming he got beat by the three-time state champion. Well, lo and behold, we get down there Friday night, and the first thing I know is Dad's coming up to me and says, "You're scratching out a fish, aren't you?" And I said, "What do you mean? Look at the because they have it all batted out." And he and he noticed that the official that David has Saturday morning against Hines was the same official that he had at the semi-state finals that David said screwed him. I said, no, I'm not scratching anybody. I've never, I'm not going to do it now. And that kind of was going back to the whole week of practice. David was really mad at me, and he almost killed Jeff <laughs> trying to get ready for that week. But I didn't talk to him about it. I told his dad I wasn't going to do it. Well, then David goes out, and he beats that three-time state champion 24 to 12. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. And I didn't, I'm not going to say a word to him now. I just let him run, you know. And then he gets into the, the only time I talked to him was in the third period of the state finals. He was wrestling a kid from Chesterton who was a three-time state runner-up. <laughs> and the score was tied 11 to 11 or 9 to 9, something like that. And David had blood and he's, uh, he had wore braces. He had blood. So they made him come over and clean up. And I just looked at him and I just said, have you got done today what you want to get done? He says, no. I said, well, just go back out and do it. <laughs> and he did. He put it through him right to his back, held him there. And now another complicated thing for a coach. You know, at this point, you know, all he has to do is hold him there, and he's going to win the match. He's a state champion. Now, I know the score's up there. And we have, we're a half a point <laughs> behind Evansville Modern Day for a second in the state as a team. So if David pins him, <laughs> we are state runner-ups. So I don't say anything until about the last 10 seconds. And now I'm saying, okay, now go for it. You know, and he couldn't quite get it. I have no idea how that kid was pinned. But we were a half a point out of, out of state runner-up. Uh, but then I told David afterwards, finally, I said, what in the world got into you today? And he said, coach, he said, I know you told me that referee didn't make a mistake, but I knew he did. And I knew if I was going to win that match, I had to beat him so bad that he could make so many mistakes and I still win. I said, well, that that works for me. Well, that was a rule that I always went by. And my dad always told me if a referee 
was allowed to judge the match, you didn't beat him bad enough. Yeah. If you have to take the point of the match that uh, the referee cannot be part of it, that's where you need to be. And if it's close and something happens, you give the opportunity for a referee to make a call that loses you the match, that's your bad, not mine. Well, it, it kind of goes even back to how I won the state because I, I was in total domination in my senior year of that match, but it was only a two-to-one score. And we were on our feet maybe 10 seconds to go. The guy had never made one shot the whole match, you know, and, and I thought, well, there's no reason. Why do I have to shoot? You know, I'm not going to shoot. Let him do it. Well, the referee called the stalling point. <laughs> Back then you had um, your overtime was, uh, uh, well, of course, a pin could end at any time, but I, my recollection was it was two periods, two one-minute periods, one you're down, one you're up. And... Um, I knew I wasn't going to turn this kid, and I didn't think I was going to take him down. And But I knew what I was up against, so I just decided to play the game. And what happened was I didn't have any trouble getting away from him. I took him to the edge of the mat, and I must have scored four or five takedowns, all of them off the mat. <laughs> and, I mean, they were legitimately off the mat, but I sure as heck wanted to show myself to be the aggressor, you know. And, and I didn't want to make a stupid mistake and let him counter and get a takedown. So I took him to the edge, and I shot a move. And, and I did that in both periods and then, you know, ended up winning the thing in referee's decision. But um, anyway, I, I think you have to have some intelligence on how you wrestle that thing. And the referees are a part of it, so you've got to play into that as well. Well, Tim, uh, we, we really enjoy these great stories. We'd love to sit and, matter of fact, yeah, uh, when the show's over, we're going to sit and talk about wrestling later on. But uh, the second period has ended, and we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse run aboard for us. We'll be back with more wrestling talk here in the Haggard Sefton Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Forget the busy times and start thinking about leisure times. Adams Woodcrest is about enjoying retirement. With no maintenance waiting at home, you're free to do the things you've dreamed of for years. It's time to start living again. It's easy to call Adams Woodcrest your new home. For visits and tours of Adams Woodcrest Retirement Community, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur, please call 260-728-3989. Woodcrest, member Adams Health Network. Exceptional care, close to you. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey's L High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. This week we are at uh, the Double Eagle Lounge, and Rex, we're along with Dane Filling, and had a great session there with our uh, future two-time Hall of Famer, Clint, Tim Klingensmith. And uh, well, now we're in the third period, Dane, and what's on store for us here in the third period? Well, we're going to look at the week ahead across the state and uh, do a uh, on-this-date um we all have to decide whether we want to go all the way back to the 70s or stick with the 80s, and we'll, we'll go from there. But uh, tonight, several good matches across the area. Leo and Norwell, Southern Wells and Frankton. Jay County is traveling down to Lapel this evening, and uh, a, a match that's important for Belmont fans. Carroll is wrestling at Snyder tonight, uh, which should be a good duel. Those and three then, wrestle each other 
in the near future. Yes, it's a little bit of a round robin there. Then tomorrow night we've got the big Belmont and AC match. South Adams will travel to Muncie Central. Cathedral travels to Perry Meridian tomorrow night. And uh, another match that I'm interested in is Western at Wabash. I know Wabash wasn't happy with their team state performance, but uh, that'll be a good one. Then Belmont at Snyder on Thursday. That will not be on the radio, but uh, we will have results on WZVD and uh, ACSN on Friday morning. Cowan is at Bluffton, Jay County at Homestead, and then uh, AC goes to Delta on Thursday. Then on Friday, we have the Girls' State Finals at Kokomo. I'll be there and sending results back to the station. The uh, CIC tournament uh, that Blackford wrestles in there in Belmont's uh, sectional, that's with Oak Hill and a few other teams. That's on Friday night. And then on Saturday, we have several invites. Adam Central hosts uh, their jet invite. That has Fort Wayne Bishop Dwenger, Huntington North, Fairfield, Cowan, Southwood, Parkway from Ohio, Richmond, Frontier, and Homestead's B team. The Garrett invite uh, is another very good tournament. I'm not sure if Carmel's sending their A or their B team, but you've got Norwell, South Adams, Angola, East Noble, Northrop, Wayne, Fremont, Garrett, Shenandoah, uh, Southern Wells, and Warsaw. Also in our sectional, the Randolph County meet between Randolph Southern, Winchester, Union City, and Monroe Central is Saturday. And the Wild Bill, one of the oldest wrestling tournaments in the state of Indiana, will feature Carroll, Snyder, Cherubusco, Homestead, Wabash, among a few others. So, Rex, uh, we said uh, just briefly, when uh, we meet next Tuesday before the Carroll match, we're going to have an in-depth look at some of the changes that have come to the IHSWCA Team State Duels. Um, they are expansive, and they uh, have definite effects. You can read about it in tomorrow's Democrat. Uh, I've got a column on what that's going to mean for uh, local uh, teams, but uh, a very interesting set of changes that, that have come on. Nice job. You finally found a match that I'm in. I did. I did. Well, in honor of uh, the big Belmont AC match tomorrow, I printed off the uh, match from 1979, which was wrestled in January, one of the few Belmont AC matches that wasn't in December. And I look down here and I see that Rex Brewer is showing a little bit of age here, Rex. Rex Brewer won a 19-3 to superior decision. And for some yeah. of our younger no, listeners, no tech falls. they don't know what a superior decision is. So remind us what that was in 1979. Just shy of a tech fall <laughs> because they hadn't invented that yet. And I even told you one night on a sectional this year, I wrestled a kid from Bluffton named Garrison, and I beat him 33-3. to Oh, wow. And I was so tired I couldn't hold him down for the fall. <laughs> but, yeah, that's back before the tech fall. So, yeah, my, my opponent that night was uh, Mikey Grumo. I would have beat him in that 9-3. to three. Is that what the I believe story? so, 9-3. to three. So in this match we had Lynn Fichter at 98 pounds wrestling Denny Farrow, and Fichter wins 4-2. to two. And Adam Central wins the second match with Lenny Hershey. Pinned Tim Gerke in a minute 11. Jeff Franzi came back at 112 with a five-minute pin over Tony Genth and then Rex's Win over Mike Grumo at 9-3. Then came Gene Grody, who beat Matt Ford in three minutes. Adam Central came back at 132 pounds with Jim Hatton, who beat Steve Mendez by decision. Belmont answered back with Steve Carter and Kerry Brown with uh, back-to-back wins. Steve Carter won 12-0, and Kerry Brown got the pin. Over here in uh, Jim Hopkins' article, uh, Kerry Brown is the one in the picture cradling his uh, opponent, John Marbach. And um, then from there, it was Dave Malin lost to Lee Jezianowski 9-8 at 155. Barry Barnes had a big win over Brad Snyder. Adam Central got one back against Ray Ditto with Kevin Rich in a pin. But uh, Chris Malin finished off the match, as he often did, with a 2-minute and 40-second pin of Phil Schaefer. And uh, Rex, do you remember why Belmont forfeited heavyweight that night? Um don't know because um, usually uh, Tom Con- uh, Tommy Conrad wrestled um, for us, but he was a year older than this. Seventy-nine. Tommy Conrad had graduated. I don't know if we had a heavyweight at that that year. Interesting. Well, that, the final score then was thirty-seven twenty-seven, and it was one of the closer bouts or uh, matches. I'm sorry between the two teams. So I decided that's the one that we were going to go with tonight. And in a reserve action, Belmont won forty-three to twelve. That was one of the probably the. Five times I wrestled Mikey Grumo during the in the back in the day. So Dane, it's uh, we are at five thirty nine on the old clock. Uh, third period has ended, and we're going to send it back to the studio for a round of messages. You'll be back for the final time here for overtime. So I'm going to send it back to Steve Rouse. We're on the board, and we'll be back with more wrestling talk right after this. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Even during the winter months, we are open seven days a week, nine to four thirty Monday through Saturday, and one to four thirty on Sundays. 
Stop in to see our large selection of houseplants and succulents. We have new plants and products arriving weekly, including pottery and much more. Keller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur off of 224. Like us on Facebook or check us out on our website, hellernursery.com, for our tree and perennial listings. Good luck to our area wrestlers. Hey, Indiana High School wrestling fans. This is Jason Cree, and I'm excited to announce the Double Eagle will be hosting this year's High School Wrestling Coaches Show live at 6.05 every Tuesday night throughout the season. The Double Eagle is proud to sponsor local sports, and we invite you to come up and experience a live radio remote. As always, we are open seven days a week to bring you great food, cold drinks, and exciting sports action. Follow us on Facebook for all of the updates, and come visit us at the Double Eagle, 1730 Nutman Avenue, Indicator. At Complete Printing Service, you can count on Charlie Brune and the crew to take care of all your print needs. Everything from color copies, custom-made banners and signs, wedding invitations, business cards, magnetic and yard signs, and so much more. Complete Printing is located on South 2nd Street in Decatur. Our name says it all. Complete Printing Service. Call today at 724-3722. Complete Printing is also a Decatur Sculpture Tour sponsor. You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. back to the Haggard Septon Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted here by the Double Eagle at Cross Creek. Rex Brewer, along with Dane Filling for our final session here. Dane, so overtime has uh, started. Uh, what you got in store for this final segment here? Well, we've got the schedule for WZBD for the rest of the week, and it is definitely a busy one. Uh, Indiana's oldest high school basketball tournament kicks off here in about 15 minutes. You can join uh, Matt Conversay and Dave Nathan with the doubleheader for South Adams at Bluffton tonight. Both games will be on WZBD. Tomorrow night, we've got Randy Fudge and Hitzer Sports Weekly at 6 p.m., and then the uh, Belmont and AC wrestling match after that. Uh, the Pacers are on at 8. I'm not sure if WZBD will be cutting into that late, but uh, then on Friday, we have ACAC tourney action, depending on who wins. And on Saturday, we have Purdue basketball at 2 p.m., and then the ACAC tourney finals. The Pacers are on again at 8 o'clock on Sunday. Well, on Monday, we've got the Matt Painter Show at 6.05 p.m. and the Pacers play on the West Coast at 9. And then next Tuesday, again, we will have our show, Rex, somewhere around 5.45 to 6 o'clock, depending on uh, what we find out as far as the JV lineup at Carroll. We'll probably be joined by Joe Caprino, assistant coach for Carroll, as he talks about uh, the changes for Team State. And then um, Belmont's final dual meet, and uh, maybe if we're lucky, we'll see Belmont have an opportunity to have an undefeated dual meet season for the first time since 1995. Right? We've taken some pretty solid teams into Carroll and walked away with our ha- hats in our hands uh, over the years. Uh, the Carroll. last five or six years specifically. Yeah. So, Okay, Rex, our last segment here. Last week you picked Belmont over Bluffton correctly, AC over Homestead, South Adams over Concordia, and AJ did too. Neither of you picked Bluffton to win, though, at the uh, Bill Kerbel invite. So, Rex, your record stands at 15-5 and five after six weeks. AJ now 3-1, and one, and I have four picks for you to make. First one, Belmont or AC tomorrow? I take Belmont. I just don't think Adam Central has enough young guys uh, at the point where they can take on the, the solid Belmont team that's undefeated right now. And then on Thursday, we have a, uh, another match. Belmont will have to weigh in back-to-back nights, but they take on Snyder. Uh, Snyder's a pretty solid team this year, and uh, I don't know how they line up. I haven't seen a Snyder lineup, but uh, I'll, I'll go with the Braves again. They're very good through the lightweights, between 120 to 138, 145. So they'll meet head-to-head. I mean, the studs versus studs. They will, and uh, I know that uh, I'm really excited about picking that Snyder match back up. I know all through my childhood and through high school and through college, going to Snyder was part of Belmont's schedule for years and years and years, and Snyder kind of went down, and we dropped him from the schedule, but now they're back on, and, and, and I, I, I'm going to enjoy going back up there. Um, a lot of memories from the Randy Baker, Jason Woodson days and all of those. And then uh, Leo, and, or Leo or Norwell tonight? I think uh, Norwell in that match. And before we get off real quick, 
how many people here can say that a four-time Mishawaka tournament champion did your plumbing today? Just me. <laughs> that is rather impressive. And with that, it's 545. Stay tuned as uh, it's basketball ACAC conference action following us right after this. Once again, thanks for all of our th- sponsors. Thanks for everybody tuning in. Thanks to Tim Killingsmith, our special guest. And uh, thanks for all you who take the time to listen to the podcast and follow us as well. And we'll see you at the hangar tomorrow night. Take care. <laughs>